Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. I am honestly really excited to, to, to be speaking this morning because... You know, when, when I was preparing for this, I, I started to pray and I, I, just, I just became excited for what God wants to do in each and every one of you, including myself. And it, what it, what's exciting about being able to, to be up here is that I get an opportunity to not speak my own words, but I get to speak the word of God, which the word of God is God breathed. It is able to, to, to penetrate every single heart in this room. And I believe today that the Lord has a specific word for each and every one of you. You know, when, when I, whenever I'm in a service or I'm, I'm sitting and I'm listening to the speaker or, or a message of some kind, I, you know, I, I, I can't help but think, thank you, Jesus, that I'm here. Because God specifically wanted me to be in that seat, listening to that message and hearing from him, not from the speaker that that's on stage, but hearing exactly what he wanted to do in my life. And it's the same thing for you this morning, that he specifically had you in mind when he said that you're gonna be here today. You're gonna be in that exact seat. And I have a word for you this morning that God wants to stir up on the inside of you to challenge you to be the men and women of God that he's called you to be. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that. And there needs to be a, just a, a desiring in our spirit. For Father, as we walk into this place, I know that when I walk in here, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna leave not the same that I came in, but I'm gonna walk out different. That the word of God is going to, to do some work in my life. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he's gonna do whatever he can to make his name known in my life. So we've been going through the book of Acts and it's been a phenomenal series. I hope that you agree with that. I can remember when we were planning this and we were getting excited because God, God is doing something in this church. He's doing something when we talk about the book of Acts because there's something happening in the book of Acts in the early church that I believe we need to be reminded about in this time. And so it, it's crazy to think that we We've been doing this series for about a month now, but do you realize that we've only been going through the first three chapters? It feels like we've been going through like a whole bunch of things, but that's how meaty the word of God is. That's how much the Acts has for us that is just in the first, second, and third chapter, there's so much for us to, to examine in our lives, to begin to ask the Lord to reveal to us the work of the Holy Spirit. And so Pastor Luke's messages have been right on. His messages have been exactly what we need to hear when it comes to the first few chapters of Acts. And I encourage you, if you have not listened to these messages, I encourage you to listen to them. So maybe this is your first time here, or you're jumping right in, or you've been on vacation. It's time for vacation time. I know that. Summer is like that. But I encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. I'm not just saying that to promote this series or anything like that. I'm saying that because it will change your life. 
And some of the things that I want to challenge you is you can go to our, you, we have resources. You can go to our website and go back and listen again to those messages and, and go over them again. And the other thing that I wanna encourage you to do is be a man and woman of God of the word. And so what I mean by that is as we're going through the book of Acts, I encourage you to be reading the entire book of Acts. Because it's one thing for us to come up here and to speak and to, to begin to, to challenge you in different ways and, and have a message, but it's different when you have your time with the Lord. And he can begin to speak to you through the book of Acts with things that you cannot even comprehend. He's gonna begin to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is gonna reveal things to you page by page, word by word as you look in there. He's gonna give you divine appointments. He's gonna give you the next thing that you need. As you read the scripture and understand the certain characters in the book of Acts and what they did in their character and their timing, God's gonna start revealing those things to you and challenging you. You know, I don't wanna be an ordinary person. I wanna be different. I want to be changed. So I encourage you to do that. So last week, Pastor Luke uh, did an amazing message talking about healing. So we, we had our healing service last week, if you weren't here, and it was a, a mighty move of God. How blessed are we that we're a part of a church who believes in healing? It's important to be a part of a church that believes in right now healing because God is moving and he's wanting to restore and he's wanting to do all these things. And so if you were here last week, what an amazing opportunity to see the work of the Lord in your life or in other people's lives. And so Pastor Luke talked about the... Um, the story of the, the lame beggar or the, the man who had been paralyzed since he was born and he was at the temple gate. And you know what happened in Acts chapter three? He walked us through that he was healed. And one of the things that he wanted us to remember is that Peter ministered to the man's needs, not his wants. Remember that? Remember that was so important in that scripture because the man that was lame and he, he, he was not able to walk, he was begging for money, right? And that's not what he needed. Deep down inside, he needed something more. He needed Jesus. He needed the healing of the Lord. So he walked us through that and he talked about Isaiah chapter 53, that Jesus made provision that we are healed. That important scripture to base our healing on, that the work of the cross and what he did by his stripes, we are healed. And the, it's important for us to know that we can take authority in Jesus' name to be healed. And so some of you here this morning are, are probably like a little bit bummed, like, man, I, did, I, I missed last week. I wasn't able to be a part of the healing service. Or maybe you were here and you're still dealing with pain in your body or some sickness and disease. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? And you don't have to wait. You don't have to have an experience in a service or get, get a certain word over you. You can be healed in the name of Jesus right now. So I wanna stir up that hunger within you this morning that things can look different for you. You don't have to, to walk in sickness and disease. And so I love when Pastor Luke encouraged us with the authority that we have. And so like I said, today is gonna be different. 
I really believe that for each and every one of us, including myself, because I believe that the Lord is stirring up some things within you through the word of God that will change your life. And if you come in here and you say, I want that, and you're hungry for that, he will do only what he can do. And I hope that I'm getting you excited for the word of God and what's about to happen because it is going to happen in Jesus' name. You, the, you can't doubt the word of God. If you doubt the word of God, we've gotta have a new mindset. We have to know that his word stands true forever and what his word says will happen in Jesus' name. So I, as we start, I want to encourage you in that and I want us to begin to start and I want you to ask the Lord to move in your life. Do you know that he's not done healing today? He's not done restoring. He's not done whatever situation is in your life. He's not done filling people with the spirit. So you have to want it. And so this morning, as I pray, I don't want my words to just go to you. I want you to begin to use your words to speak with authority and ask the Lord to do what only he can do in your life. So whatever you came in here and you want and you need, you ask him. You ask him, we, do you know the, the word says we have not because we ask not? Think about that for a minute. We have not because we ask not. Simply we need to ask. So this morning as we begin, I want you to ask the Lord for whatever you want to see happen in your life. In Jesus' name. So lift your hands. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, that mighty things are gonna happen this morning, that your presence is gonna do what only you can do. I pray that you would fill each person with the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus, that as we look into your word, you would speak life, you would speak truth to us, that we will be forever changed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus, that things don't have to be the same anymore. They can be different. And I thank you, Jesus, that it's not about us, that all the glory and, and the fame all goes to you, Jesus. It's all about you because apart from you, we can do nothing. So I thank you, Jesus, for being in this place and specifically having a word and a calling for each person in this room, including myself. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, you ready? Here we go. We're gonna jump right in to, uh, to, to Acts and look in the first chapter. So Acts one through three is jam-packed with mighty works of God. You know, we've been studying that, we've been listening to messages about that and, and just the heavenly things are happening, right? We just heard about it and read about it last week about the man who was paralyzed and he had been paralyzed for years and he's instantly healed. So mighty heavenly things are happening. So if you turn with me to Acts chapter three, I just wanna make mention of this before we start. And um, so we're looking again at the, the, what Pastor Luke talked about with the lame man being miraculously healed. And so because of this, this is a pretty big deal, right? So if this man has been crippled ever since he was born, 
So sometimes when I read the scriptures, I like to like think about the different characters and their personalities and stuff like that. So I can just imagine that this, is, this, this has happened and that word is spreading fast. Okay, imagine with me, even if you were here and you had heard about somebody who had been sick since they were born, word, things would get exciting, right? Word would spread. And so I can just imagine people were talking about it like, hey, do you, you know that guy at the temple gate? He is healed. Do you, can you believe it? And then word starts to spread and word starts to spread so much that it draws a crowd. Okay, so it starts to draw a crowd. And of course, Peter and John are like, okay, we've got a crowd. We don't wanna take this for granted. So let's look at Acts chapter three, verse 19. So when they realized, before I read, before, yes, this is about, this is gonna get, this is gonna be so good, okay. Sorry, I'm so excited. In chapter three, when the, 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 the crowd is, a lot of people are there, Peter realizes, okay, you know, this is a great opportunity for me to preach the gospel. To not only preach the gospel, but to to see healings, to see miraculous things happen. So I want you to look at three, verse 19. It says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. So this is what he's saying to the crowd in this time. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus your appointed Messiah. So I love that because first I wanted to, to, to let people know, I believe that there are people here that need to know that they need to come back to the Lord and that they need a time of refreshing from the presence of God. You can receive that this morning. And to know as well that you can bring refreshments in the presence of God to other people. That is so vital to know, and that's what Peter and John believed. And so at this point, all right, just just hear me out. At this point, things are going pretty good, right? Up until this point, things are going actually amazing. God is doing some miraculous things, healings, everything. The church is growing rapidly. It is an exciting time. But then along comes chapter four where things get a little bit crazy. Now, I don't know if you like movies or not, but I feel like this would be a part of the movie where the the music would be like, you know, like it's like it's about to be something a little bit different. And so Acts chapter four, I wanna start, um, if you would turn with me to Acts chapter four, and this is where we're gonna camp out today, and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through the word of God on what begins to happen as the Acts church begins to uh, continue to live out the call of the Lord. So I wanna start in verse... Verse eight, so turn with me to Acts four. We're gonna start in verse eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Praise the Lord. 
Verse four, verse 12, there, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And, and in this next couple of verses, I'm gonna come back to this a lot. So allow the Lord to speak to you here. This is important in verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were, or, they, they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Catch that. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chambers and conferred among themselves. So I get fired up when I read that scripture. Some of you are like, why is she fired up? I will tell you why I get fired up because throughout that whole thing, you know what's woven into all of that scripture? Boldness. Boldness, not just any ordinary boldness, the power of the Holy Spirit to put boldness on display. And you see that clearly in Peter, especially with the way that he speaks, the way that he acts, and the way that he takes authority in this situation when things could have gone wrong. And you know what? I was thinking about this. You know, when it comes to boldness, uh, the the world's perspective of boldness is very slim to none. Because the perspective is through the world's point of view instead of an eternal point of view. And if you think about that, it's really, it, really, it really saddens my heart to know that even some believers or non-believers, if that, that there is no boldness being on display. There's a lot of people who don't operate in the Holy Spirit and there's no boldness in this perspective of the world that we live in. And if you think about it, it's true in a lot of things. You think about this, that a, the, a lot of our world, people are trying to take the name of Jesus out of everything. You know, you think about boldness as in nobody wants to stand up for what's right anymore. Nobody wants to stand up for holiness. Nobody wants to stand up and say that the word of God is true and nothing else is, it, it, it can get in the way. You know what else? There, there's no boldness in, even more anymore to see people come to know Jesus. When was the last time somebody was so on fire for God, full of the Holy Spirit and boldness that they said, you know, when I walk out of here, I'm gonna see 10 people say by the end of the day. You know, it, it, it's so sobering and so sad to know that our world's perspective of boldness is, is slowly disappearing because we're not operating in the, like the early church in Acts did. And that is being sensitive to know that the Holy Spirit is the, the one that gives us the ability to walk in great boldness, Amen. So I wanna start here and say, what is boldness? And, and I wanna read this because I want it to, to penetrate your hearts and as you examine the word and begin to understand the definition of this. So boldness is the courage, catch that word, to act or speak fearlessly, there's another key word there, despite real or imagined dangers. So when we are bold, we take action. 
when we're bold, we take action. And I wanna just, I wanna just say this, because I think sometimes in our culture and in our world, we, uh, we can get confused a little bit with rashness and aggressiveness, okay? So we're, 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 we don't wanna be people who walk in that or, or walk in harshness because that's not, I don't see that characteristic in the Lord. I, I, see, I see some different characteristics of walking in boldness. And, and sometimes, you know, we think about, harshness and you know, I'm just gonna do whatever I want and I wanna say whatever I want because I'm bold and I'm gonna post this online because I feel this way and this and that. No, we have to take a step back and say, Holy Spirit, what is boldness? And however, I do believe it is assertiveness that empowers someone to do and speak what is necessary. And so I think about this and, I think about boldness when it comes to the characteristic of the Holy Spirit. Boldness was a, a strong characteristic of the Holy Spirit, and the disciples knew that. They, they knew that that, that, that they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to walk in that boldness because they couldn't, they couldn't allow the fear of what the Jewish leaders, the, the, they couldn't be afraid of that anymore. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he was basically like, all right, it's game on time. And he, he ascends into heaven and he gives them this, the, the great commission. And so the disciples realize that a huge characteristic of the Holy Spirit is, man, I cannot live in fear anymore. I cannot be silent. I have to, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to use me in boldness to preach the gospel, to see the world changed in Jesus' name. And they knew that. And so Peter and John, they, they stand before the Sanhedrin. And if you look at verse 17, let's jump to 417. It says, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So imagine this, that they're before the Sanhedrin and they tell them that they can't speak of Jesus again, all right? So I, I think about that and I it kinda, I, I don't know what I would do for real. It just think about that. Those were the same people, that the Sanhedrin were the same people that took Jesus. And so we see in the scripture, how do they handle this? They handle it very well, to be honest. They handle it being filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in boldness. And so if we want to be like that, we need to copy and begin to ask the Lord to give us the wisdom to understand how they walked out boldness. And so if, if the early church walked in boldness, we need to as well. And I really believe that this is a time that we need to more than ever because we're living in the end times. And we don't know the time or the hour. We do not know, that's what the word of God says, but we see signs that say that we're getting close. So more than ever, I want you to walk out here with a new pep in your step spiritually, that you're able to look in the book of Acts and say, Father, whatever the early church had, I want it too. Not just to benefit myself. Goodness gracious, how selfish would that be to benefit myself? It's not about me, it's about making Jesus's name known to this 
generation who's lost, who's hurting, who, who honestly isn't even walking in boldness. They don't even know Jesus. They don't even know what a good life looks like. So Father, give me everything I need to walk in boldness in Jesus' name. So how do we operate and increase in boldness and power? I'm gonna help us to understand how to begin to be a bold person by using the word bold. And each letter is gonna help us remember how we need to begin to stir up that within us to be people that are not just ordinary people, right? We wanna be different. We wanna be bold. We wanna walk in the authority of Jesus Christ in this day and age, and we need to start now. And so I wanted to start with this, and and the reason why I wanted to use letters to help us understand things is because, first of all, it helps me to understand to remember things. I don't know about you. So you may be like smarty pants and you remember things, awesome. But I like to have that kind of stuff to actually help me. But I wanna flip it a little bit to some spiritual things is that I really believe that the enemy wants to try and get certain people to forget things. The enemy wants you to come into services and to, 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 to read the word of God or to hear messages or, or even to, to read it for yourself and then walk away and it completely disappear. The enemy, the enemy wants so badly for you to, to not understand things and to, to have it go one in, in one ear and out the other. But the reality is that doesn't have to happen. God has given us the mind of Christ that we're able to understand the things of the Lord. We're able to walk in the anointing and to remember things without any delay, to remember things that, that, that stir up our spirit that we're different inside. So I believe, when we, we understand this and remember this, this, uh, this word that's gonna help us to understand the characteristics of boldness, you're gonna walk out of here and remember things and be able to defeat the enemy, all right? So here we go. The first letter is in bold is B, and that is for believe. And the, the two things that the, that the early church believed in, they believed in two things without a shadow of a doubt. They believed in the Messiah. They believed also in the message of the Messiah. So they, they had to believe that Jesus was the only way, the truth, and the life. That when they, 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 they had to believe that they had to, they had to, and others had to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to believe in him and him alone. And as they believed in him, they, their lives were completely changed. The early churches, they began to have a relationship with Jesus, Uh, And Peter talked about that, that in order for us to live a life, we have to give our lives to Jesus and transform. He has to do the transforming within us. So the early church knew that they they needed to believe in Jesus. And then if we look in in chapters, or in verses uh, 13 and 14, it says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. So they realized that there was something different about these people. That they, they believed in somebody, that they, they were different. And so then if you look at the next verse, and I love, love, love this, it says, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. That is so important 
So, so important that we need to believe in Jesus and receive him as our Lord and Savior. That's so important. But I wanna take it a step further and challenge each and every one of us this morning. Maybe some of you are here and you say that you have a relationship with Jesus, but you're living a wish-washy life. Maybe some of you say that, oh, I have a relationship with Jesus, I live for him, but you are so lukewarm that you can't even tell that you're a Christian. I wanna challenge you today that enough is enough. We have to be people who either believe in Jesus and give our lives to him completely or we're out. And so I wanna challenge each person today to re-examine your relationship with the Lord because that's the first thing that comes with boldness is knowing that he is my Lord and Savior and there's no turning back. And I have given my life completely to him. And not only that, to take a step deeper, I not only need to just believe in, I need to walk with him. And I need people to realize that I have walked with him. And it's so important for us as as believers to to, to walk in boldness, to realize that it is something that we need to cultivate within us. And and one of the things walking with the Lord is, I wanna ask you this one question when it comes to boldness and believing that, that you have a deep relationship with the Lord where you've given your life solely to him. What, what does your secret time look like with him? It's true. Because that is a question I think that, that we, we end with, okay, of course I give him my life to the Lord, I'm living for him, but there's no time spending shutting the door and, and spending time in the word of God and letting it overtake us and letting time with him where we pray till we're so tired that, that, that we don't have anything left in us. When was the last time that you shut yourself away and really spent that secret time with the Lord and really walked with him? Do you realize that your secret time is not your destination? Your secret time is actually a catalyst to send you out. Your secret place is a catalyst to send you out in boldness. And so when we, I hope this is stirring you up because I'm getting sweaty. I'm excited because there's something different about somebody who walks and spends time with Jesus. Not just any time with Jesus, special secret time with him where the door shut and he reveals things to you and begins to do a work in your life. Do you know in Psalms 91, one, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know about you, but the shadow of the Almighty is something that I'm, I wanna be bold. The, Al- the Almighty King is meeting with me that, that I get to rest in his shadow, that I get to experience things. And you know, as a catalyst to send me out, the secret place also is somewhere where I pace around. And I, be, I believe that you guys can too, that spending time with Jesus is stirring up your spirit so much that when you go out, you're not the same when you came in. And so it's, it's important to know that, that, that when it comes to boldness, we need to believe Jesus and accept him as our Lord and Savior without going back and forth, to be that solid understanding and relationship with him and also to have an on fire secret place with him. And so I hope that that stirs you up to be men and women of God who, who look at 
the way that they live out boldness a little bit different now. And so B is believe. The next letter in bold is O. And O is for one heart and one mind. And Pastor Luke did an amazing message a couple weeks ago about sharing the importance of fellowship and being steadfast and all of us coming together and being in unity. And so I know some of you, when it comes to unity, I even think, especially nowadays, it's like, I can do things on my own. I don't have to have people around me, you know, certain stuff like that. But it, it is very important for us to be in one heart and one mind when it comes to our relationship with the Lord and what the Lord is doing in the church. Look with me at chapter four, verses 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what, told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Verse 24, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And I love that because they didn't just shrink back because they just had said, okay, you're not allowed to say the name of Jesus anymore. Do you know what they did? They came together in one accord. They came together in one, they came together and just said, we are gonna stand up for Jesus. And you know what I think is amazing that not one person was like, eh. Not one person was like, I don't know about this because you know, they're the Sanhedrin. Those are the people that crucified our Jesus. You don't think that they're gonna do what they did to us? Or if we speak out, we might go to, to, to prison, we might go to jail. But no, everybody was unified in one heart, in one mind, and said, we are gonna do everything that we can to make Jesus's name known. What about us? Are we in one heart and one mind being able to stand up in boldness to see his name known? You know, I, as I was thinking and praying about this as well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is that the enemy wants to shut your mouth. He will do anything he can to get you to stay silent. And do you realize that there are certain people that want to stop the work of the Lord in your life? That the enemy has certain people on assignment to shut you down. The enemy has certain people that wanna come at you just like the Sanhedrin in the scriptures and acts where they tried to come at them. There's certain people that the enemy will use to say, you don't need to open your mouth. There, there are certain people that the enemy has assigned to destroy you. But I believe that's when we have to be one in spirit and truth and know that church, that cannot be us any longer. That we cannot stay silent any longer. You know, an example of that, um, if you look in verse 25, it goes on to say, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The king of the earth prepared for battle. The ruler is gathered together against the Lord and against the Messiah. If you ask me, that looks a lot like our world now, right? Trying to shut down the things of the Lord. Trying to keep people silent. And an example of that, you look at our world today, we're not even allowed anymore to say the name of Jesus in schools and education. They're trying 
trying to shut that down. They're trying to shut down uh, so many things on the news and, and make people think certain things. They're, they're trying to remove uh, the name of Jesus and healing and situations and miraculous things. That's, those are things not even being seen anymore. People are trying to, to, to make you feel like you're not good enough with your identity and, and, and destroying marriages and families to the point where we've gotten to this place where a lot of people don't do anything about it and it's just silent. And the reality is we can't be silent anymore. That is why we have to understand in one heart and one mind and be in tune with the spirit that we all have to be in unity and say, we gotta speak up together. We gotta speak up together in the mighty name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And you know what? You know, I was thinking about like, we wanna get to a thousand strong and you know what? We wanna get to more than that. In Jesus' name, right? We wanna see this place filled up so much, but that's a goal that we're trying to hit. And you know what? The enemy knows that we're trying to hit that goal. The enemy knows that we're trying to grow, just like what happened in Acts chapter four. He saw that the numbers were going to 5,000 and, and people were being healed and delivered and, and things were growing rapidly in the church. And he was like, I got, I, what am I gonna do? I, I gotta figure out this because if the numbers keep growing and people are getting healed, I'm gonna lose the victory. So he starts to, to plot how to do this. And so he does the same thing with us. He knows that Center Branch is growing. He knows that people are fired up for the Lord and he wants to do everything he can to, to, to silence you, but we have to walk in the Holy Spirit in boldness to know that we're not gonna be silent any longer. Do you realize that boldness changes things? Do you realize that? Or am I just saying this for fun? Boldness changes things. And instead of the enemy silencing us, we need to silence the enemy. And so one of the things as I was praying about this, I was praying, I was like, Father, I wanna put boldness on display up here. So help me to be an example, to stir people up what it looks like to hunger and thirst for boldness when it comes to operating in the Holy Spirit. So, so right now, I want everybody just to lift your hand. And if you want to receive this, I'm gonna ask the Lord to do a mighty work in your life in boldness to shut down some things that the enemy has put up against you. So right now, I loose confusion into every plan and demonic conspiracy to keep your people silent in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, these people will arise and let their voice be heard in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I smash the head of every strong man troubling their lives to the wall of fire in Jesus' name. I pray that their enemies cannot triumph over them any longer because the Lord has favored them in the mighty name of Jesus. Would you give the Lord a loud round of applause for him doing that in your life? It's not anything that I just did up here. That can be you too. You gotta silence the enemy. You gotta begin to say that no longer am I going to operate that way. That, that, that I'm not gonna be somebody who just sits back any longer. In the name of Jesus, I'm gonna walk in boldness. I'm gonna speak in boldness. But we have to be in one in mind and one accord in that.
So I challenge us that that's a little snapshot of some boldness that I've been stirring up because enough is enough. Especially with the enemy trying to get a hold of you guys, the, the people of the Lord, that has got to be done. And so we have to be the people, that, like the Acts Church, who operates in the power of boldness in Jesus' name. So B is for believe, O is for one heart and one mind, and the next letter is L, that the early church lived in the Spirit, lived in the Holy Spirit. And so if you look in the scriptures and we've, we've gone through chapter four, of course, the Sanhedrin uh, comes at Peter. And uh, at the beginning, when I started reading this, um, it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it goes into chapter or verse 13, where it talks about them, you know, just being ordinary men, right? But there was something different on the inside of them. And I said that at the beginning, they recognized that they had been with Jesus, but they also recognized that the Holy Spirit was at work within the side of them. They believed that there was something different with them because of their actions, because of the way that they were speaking, the way that they were... We're, 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 we're taking authority in doing certain things. And so a lot of the times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit lives in a believer, and when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is power in the Holy Spirit. There is great power in the Holy Spirit, not anything that we can do. It's him operating in his power in and through our lives. Do you know that we serve a powerful God? Do you know that we serve a powerful God? That has to be something that you know on the deep, deep down inside of you. Yes, I know that I serve a powerful God. And a few verses for that is Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And somebody needs to hear this next verse, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. We, 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 but, we sometimes believe in a God who's, who's not strong, that's not gonna fight. He will fight for you. That is a strength that is not our own. And we have that power. Psalm 27, one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, when we look at biblical uh, boldness, the Holy Spirit is on display. We have to be men and women of God who are filled with the spirit of God so much that we walk out boldness and we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to live in anxiety and fear any longer. You know, uh, it's important to know who you're connected to. It's important to know that, that we serve a God who's strong, that we're connected to him and, and the Holy Spirit gives us the power that we need to defeat fear, to defeat the enemy. You know, let me give you an example. Let's just say that there were six angry dogs outside of these doors and their plan was to come and attack me. Let me just say, this is supposed to be funny, so, okay. You don't have to worry, I'm fine. Um, but I, you know, but when it comes to dogs, I am a little bit freaked out sometimes. So all you dog lovers, I love you, but hey. Okay, so let's just say that there are dogs behind the door and they're about to attack me. They're angry. They wanna pull out my hair. They wanna just tear me up. And um, so, you know, what if, what if that was true, okay? I would be freaking out a little bit. 
Not just a little bit, actually a lot. You would say, bye-bye, Christina, and I would probably be running out right now and freaking out. But the, the reality is it would be different if there was a fence right here, a really tall fence that I knew that those angry, vicious dogs could not jump over. And there was a fence here that was very sturdy. And if those dogs came at it, that it would not, it would not uh, fall over. It would be great. So if it's one thing, if I knew the situation and the destruction that was about to happen in my life, the other thing is if I knew that that was there, you know what I could do? I could just wipe my hands clean, laugh, and walk away. Because I know that, that that is gonna protect me. It's important to know in our relationship with the Lord that we serve a God who's powerful, who's mighty, and we're connected to him, that we don't have, no matter what circumstances, no matter what situation that the enemy tries to throw at you, you can know that you are confident because of the Holy Spirit power in your life. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. Do you know that uh, the scripture says we have life and peace? Some of you need to walk out of here and know that you can have life in peace. The enemy has stolen peace from your life way too long. And you have to be able to understand the word of God that says when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that, that you're filled with life and peace. And so... John 10, 10, the enemy, this is the scripture. This is not something that I'm just making up. John 10, 10 says the, the enemy comes to what? Still kill and destroy. He comes to do that. And you know what he's stirring up in the midst of all of those things is fear. Fear, anxiety, and that is the opposite of boldness. You can't operate in boldness when you're crippled by fear. When you're, you're, you're trying to make decisions and, and this and that and, and feeling anxiety and all these things. And I felt to talk about this because this was something that I, I can relate with. Growing up, I dealt with a lot of fear in my life. I remember that the, the, the fear was crippling to me. There were situations that I couldn't even be a part of because I, I was so afraid. But you know, the Lord delivered me from that. But you know, every once in a while, it likes to veer its head up again and try and take me out. And recently, the, there's somebody in my family that I'm very close to, a close relative that, that um, started showing symptoms of, of something. Uh, and I started to get really nervous because I love this person so much. And, and they started to, to become sick. And, and, and you know what immediately started to rise up in me is that fear. And, and you know what I had to do? I had to make a choice in that moment. And I'm telling you this because it's gonna happen to you too. You gotta make a choice and walk in boldness in that moment that I'm not going to give in to the enemy's attack and walk in fear and anxiety and overthink this situation over and over again. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna walk in the, in the authority of Jesus Christ and the word of God, in the boldness of the word of God that says, by your stripes, that person that I love very deeply is healed. The, 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 they don't have to experience sickness and disease. And so do you see what's happening? I'm rising up in boldness in the name of Jesus. I'm rising up in boldness of what the word of God says and defeating the enemy. Some of you have been allowing fear to run rampant in your life for way too long. 
It's just, it's got, it's got to be done because you know what? I don't know what situation you have going on. Maybe it's fear of what other people think of you. Maybe it's fear of the unknown or what's going to happen next. Maybe it's fear of, of, of a situation and direction. Maybe it's fear of, of leading somebody to the Lord or fear that you don't have the capacity to do the things that God has called you to do. I can name a thousand things that the enemy likes to throw at us and allow us to live in fear. But you know what? Second Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, for, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You hear the first one is power, back to power. Power, love, and a sound mind. So th- this morning, some of you need to rise up in the Holy Spirit and walk in boldness and destroy the works of the enemy and fear in your life before you leave. Because you know what? Fear is a spirit. And you have to know that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's gonna be hard for you to, to walk out some of these things when you're drowned with fear and it's overtaken your life. So that's why it's so important for us to live a life filled with the Spirit. That the early church, the the, the letter L, they lived in the Spirit. So that means in everything that they did, they lived in the Spirit, no matter what circumstances. You know, somebody just told me the other day that um, when circumstances overtake you, don't allow it. You take over the circumstance. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, okay, all right, I can do that. But I can do that, for real. Like, I can do that in Jesus' name because I live in the Spirit. So if we wanna be people free from fear and anxiety and walk in the boldness and walk and live in the Holy Spirit, we gotta, we, we gotta do it now. We gotta do it now and, and allow the Lord to, to do what only he can do. The last letter is what? D. And so we believe, uh, and then O, one heart and one mind, L, living in the spirit, and D is for desire. And I wanted to end here because desire is so important when it comes to boldness. If you look with me in the scripture, I'm gonna end with these couple verses. Chapter four, verses 29. And as I read this, in Jesus' name, do your work in each life this morning because we have to desire the things of you. So in verse 29, it says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Do we desire to be people who are like the early church, who desired so much to be so connected to Jesus, to be so in love with him that they had to do whatever it takes to say, I need great boldness to preach the gospel.
You know, do you have a desire to preach the gospel to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to the people that are sitting next to you in any circumstance or situation? The, the, the great boldness was rise up within us, not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify the name of Jesus and to see his kingdom come and his will be done. That was their desire. And so, you know, I was thinking about, we have to know what we wanna desire, right? It's one thing to say, you need to desire something, right? But you gotta know, you gotta know what you desire. It's gotta be that, 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 that mission statement within yourself and your relationship with the Lord. You gotta know what you desire. And so, you know what, what I desire? I desire to love the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know what another desire I have? Is to see college students come to a relationship with Lord that they leave out of this place completely challenged to change the world. And I know that's happening even now in my life. I've prayed it, I want it. There are students that I'm seeing that are able to change the world in Jesus' name. You know, one of the desires that I have is that I would be so in love with the Word of God that I wouldn't have to deal with all the, the shenanigans of the world. One of my desires is, Father, I wanna be so in love with you that no glory goes to myself. Everything that I do when I preach, I teach, I minister, I disciple, that all the glory goes to your name and people are one for the kingdom, one after one after one, and that there, there's fruit and there's life being fulfilled. You know, one of the desires is I wanna see people healed when I walk into a room. My desire is to, to to love Jesus so much that, that, that I don't look back, that when I get to the end of the road, that I'm not saying, man, I wish I would have, but I went for it. And I ask you today, what is your desire? What is your desire when it comes to your relationship with the Lord and even talking about boldness? You know, a lot of those desires that I just told you, it's, at first I wasn't sure. And I had to say, okay, God, it's me and you. You gotta stir that boldness within me, Lord, to see this happen. Because ultimately, guys, we have to have boldness to see people one for the Lord. That's our ultimate goal. And the, the early church knew that. I wanna end with verse 31 and it says, and this is very important. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. If you want boldness this morning, you've gotta say some bold prayers. If you want boldness this morning, you have to ask the Lord to fill you with great boldness. The early church and Peter realized we can't do it on our own. We have to live in the Holy Spirit, but we're gonna actually have to put our mouths to work and ask the Lord to fill us with great boldness to be able to see miracles, to be able to see people redeemed, to be able to see, the list goes on and on. And it's the desire that you have before the Lord. It can be done in Jesus' name when you walk in that boldness. You have to have that desire stir up within you. And you know, I love this because just like that, the, the place began to shake. 
And because the Lord answered their prayers, they received great boldness to go out and preach and do all that God had called them to do. But it wouldn't have happened if they didn't start with that desire. It wouldn't have happened if they wouldn't have opened their mouth and asked the Lord to do what only he can do. It wouldn't have happened if they didn't say, Lord, I need great boldness. And do you know what? When, when shaking happens, shifting happens. So when you want God to move in your life and you start saying those prayers, expect it to have some shifting happen. Expect there to be some shaking in your spirit. So some things happening that, 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 the, that you're gonna look back and say, this was only from the Lord. The Lord receives all the glory, all the praise. You know, when I led this person to the Lord, I didn't even realize that I had so much boldness. It was just flowing out of me. Well, you know, I operated in so much boldness that, that I was able to, to, to talk to my family about this situation and, and I don't have to live in fear. And the list goes on and on and on of, of ways that we can desire to walk in boldness. But we have to ask the Lord for great boldness. That has to be our heart desire as we pray. God wants to do something different in you today. You have to be willing. And Pastor Luke talked about it a few weeks ago about just being people who hunger and thirst for the things of the Lord. You gotta want it. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.